So for me, maybe it's captured best in that biblical concept of abiding Mm. is, hey, let's do this together. And guess what? When times get tough, I'm not going to leave you. Welcome to Be a Baller, where we discuss how to build a lifelong legacy. I'm your host, Coach Tim Brown. Today, I'm excited to have in studio with me longtime educator and current head of school at Worthing Christian Schools, Dr. Hayes, as we talk about building a legacy in education. Today on the show, Dr. Hayes will share decades of building a lifelong legacy through education and making students successful. Uh, we're just so excited to have him on here uh, to talk about how he changes the trajectory of students' life. Dr. Hayes, welcome to the show. Coach Brown, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, love the uh, last year and a half or so here at WC. Yeah, I had to tell the guys that uh, we have the uh, big boss in. So the <laughs> students got to be on their best behavior in there today. They got to make, make, make you look good. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're doing great. They always do. Yeah. I, I know you grew up in Sydney, Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, and the word is that, that your favorite instrument was the guitar. Yes, it was. Uh, I don't play it well, but I okay. like it. Yeah. But, you know, I think uh, the musical talent in our family Jumped a generation. Okay. Uh, my son's a professional musician in oh, Nashville, wow. and his primary instrument is guitar. Oh. So uh, maybe that interest got passed along to him, but he is uh, loads better than I am, okay. I think it's safe to say. So word is one of your favorite bands going over Journey. You bet. Don't stop believing, ever, <laughs> you know. It's still a classic for a lot of reasons. Steve, <laughs> Steve Perry's vocals yeah. are just transcendent. So yeah, I love their music. Wow, wow. You know, growing, can you talk to the audience about growing up in a small town and some of the benefits of growing up in a small town? Sure. I think it was uh, one of those experiences to where, you know, you got to know a lot of people mm-hmm. and a lot of people cared about you. You cared about them. Uh, I think uh, a lot of small town values in terms of, hey, we're in this together, mm-hmm. uh, being able to experience things as a tight knit community, uh, being able to celebrate successes and maybe mourn some losses along the way as a community. But uh, it was great being able to grow up where uh, Little League softball coaches would come pick you up for practice if you didn't have a ride. So being known and also knowing people, it was such a huge plus. Uh, Obviously, you can experience that in a big metropolitan area like Columbus, but I think it's a little easier to do maybe in in a small town or in a small environment, uh, say like WC. Mm. No, you uh, were a good athlete growing up. You enjoyed sports. Where did that love of sports come from? Uh, I think it was just learning really young mm-hmm. how powerful it could be. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, um, you know, particularly with the last name of Hayes growing up in uh, Ohio, okay. I didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> so right, it was he... like uh, predestined for <laughs> me right, to love the Buckeyes. Right. So Woody got resty soul, but uh, mm-hmm. also just playing in the neighborhood, playing baseball, softball, all that mm-hmm. stuff, and just getting outside and really deepening relationships with my brother and my friends. Good, good. Hey there, Clark Kellogg here. Building a legacy usually involves meeting the unique needs of others and being part of something bigger than yourself. That's why I love First Merchants Bank. First Merchants believes that helping communities prosper means more than just providing banking services. It means offering accessible financial education, expanded access to home ownership, and partnerships with local nonprofits to help raise up neighborhoods and lift families out of financial hardship. For resources and tools available to you, visit www.firstmerchants.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I understand that you 
I'm going to have to hold this against you. You're a Cowboys fan. You well, what happened to the Browns and the Bengals? Actually, I used to be a Cowboys okay. fan because I love Zeke Elliott. Zeke, yeah. I love how he ran. Yeah. Uh, he ran with just uh, the reckless abandon, as they say. <laughs> but, you know, they got rid of him. So, you know. <laughs> Coming I, back around. Eh? Exactly. Coming back around to the Browns. Exactly. Eh? I love the Bengals. And now the Cowboys, because they got rid of Zeke, I'm not right. a Cowboys fan right. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, as we talk about sports, and I work for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, mm-hmm. and can you talk about some of the life lessons that you learned from sports and impact that maybe some coaches had on your life? Oh, sure. Uh, there was actually uh, one coach in particular who was my offensive line coach mm-hmm. um, at uh, Sydney High School. His name was Dan Allen, and the way that he mentored me, the way he coached me on and off the field left a lasting legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in that experience, I learned that uh, the team's got to be bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And particularly as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. you know, you never get the headlines. The right. only time people notice you is if you mess up. <laughs> right, right. So uh, he was always there supportive, one of those guys to be together. But his coaching led me to perhaps the biggest life lesson I learned in athletics. And actually, it's in a shirt mm-hmm. that I used to wear under my pads every day. It's one of those little cutoff shirts way back in the day. But on the front, in this massive font, was the word team. Mm. And underneath it, in this tiny font, was the word me. Mm. And I have that in a frame at home. And it's just a lesson that the team has to be more important than me. And that, I think, is a kingdom principle. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's a really important leadership principle. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know, uh, can you talk a little bit about your faith journey? And possibly get into your call to ministry. Sure. Yeah, uh, I got to know the Lord at the age of seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was actually uh, one of those more interesting moments. It was a Sunday night at my church, Mm -hmm. and they were showing one of those uh, scary end-time films. So I'm like, okay, my mom was playing the piano, and she Mm -hmm. looked back at me. She kind of motioned to me and kind of wooed me up to the piano bench. And right there sitting next to her as she played the piano, I gave my heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't say that it's always been a linear mm-hmm. uh, progression in terms of my faith development. I think we all kind of uh, spiral up and, and maybe spiral backwards mm-hmm. sometimes. But the Lord's always been faithful, uh, you know, despite my lack of focus on my relationship with Him. But my call to ministry, uh, I felt a call specifically to ministry uh, when I was a teenager, actually when I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt the Lord call me uh, generally to ministry, but I never felt that it was a specific call for just pulpit ministry, but I definitely felt uh, a call in terms of a sense of vocation that God had called me to kingdom service in some way. So down through the years, I've been able to do some pulpit ministry, but my primary calling has always been in education and more specifically in Christian education. You know, uh, Knowing that that your mother was a piano player and all, you have a couple. While I was reading, you have a couple of favorite songs. Yeah, that kind of encourage you. Can you talk about those songs and what they mean to you? Yeah, sure. Uh, if I had to say my a number one favorite song of all time is the old hymn "Great Is Thy Faithfulness," mm-hmm. uh, and it even goes back to what we just talked about. That despite my lack of faithfulness to God, mm-hmm. He's always been faithful. Mm-hmm. I love this idea that uh, His mercies. Uh, every morning I'm going to see mm-hmm. they're brand new. And that's obviously ripped from the Old Testament. Uh, and then uh, the goodness of God is kind of this generation's version of Great is Thy Faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I love that song. 
that it's 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 really about God staying faithful. So regardless of which century the song right. was written in, it's this deep abiding sense of God's faithfulness despite our lack of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an Ohio guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you choose to attend college in Cleveland, Tennessee, to Lee, Lee College at that time? What led to that decision? Yeah, it's actually interesting. Uh, uh, I grew up in a denomination called the Church of God, the Church of God's flagship institution. Uh, at that time was Lee College, and now mm-hmm. it's Lee University. And uh, I think I came out of the womb destined to go there because it's right. just the way I was raised. But it was kind of interesting, too. Uh, my biological parents divorced when I was about four or five. And I never realized that my, but my biological father had attended there for a few weeks before he got sick and had to go home. So kind of a small world. And uh, I definitely didn't understand that at the time, but now maybe it has some meaning as I look backward. But it was one of those things that uh, I was, I was intimately aware of the school because of my upbringing, particularly in a specific, a specific church tradition. Mm-hmm. What was it about that campus when you, when you went down? Did you go visit prior to uh, attending? What was it about? What was it about? I sure did. Uh, it felt like uh, I could experience the Lord in that environment. Mm-hmm. And I also felt that, uh, frankly, uh, it boiled down to me feeling like I mattered. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always been at the core of what I, since my calling is in ministry, is this idea that I want students to know they matter. Uh, first off, uh, I think they get a sense that they matter to God because we actually can care for them and let them know that they matter to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives them a real sense of hands-on mattering and maybe an expression, just a tiny little taste of how much they matter to God. So yeah, uh, Lee College at the time was, uh, I can really experience a sense of, of Christ-like community here. Mm-hmm. And again, the sense that I mattered there. And then of course, uh, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, helping students know that, that they matter has been kind of a mission for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure has. Why is that so, it sounds like you felt that at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that so important, especially this generation of young people? I think particularly because of so many struggles that young people today are facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're facing uh, a lot of different difficulties. You know, more recently over the past four years or so, this idea of, of what many people have, have called this triple pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously COVID. Mm -hmm. And then we've been dealing with a lot of social and civil unrest Mm -hmm. and trying to work through really serious issues as a society, as a culture, as a church. Mm -hmm. And then also what many people have referred to as a mental health Mm -hmm. uh, pandemic. And I think all of those things mixed together, particularly in the past uh, four years or so, uh, I think students have unfortunately felt in a lot of ways like they don't matter. Mm So I think particularly in the past four years, um, I felt an intense calling. Hey, how can I, as an educational professional, Mm -hmm. let them know they matter to me? But how can we as leaders create educational systems in which these students know they matter? So how can we make sure that our staff, our student leaders are actually communicating to the students in really tangible ways that they do matter to us. That's good. Can you, uh, being the uh, head of school here at Worthy mm-hmm. Christian, can you give us an example of one of those tangible ways that that you have employed upon your staff to make sure that students know that they matter? Oh, I think it's just showing up. Yes. I think it's showing up in the mess and not leaving in mm-hmm. the mess. And it's not just, um, you know, kind of giving lip service to wanting to do life with mm-hmm. people. But for me, some of the most important things I do are showing up to ball games, mm-hmm. showing up to arts performances, 
So just this past week, uh, my wife and I will have had the opportunity to show up at a few ball games. Really looking forward to the um, to the musical performance on on Friday night, The Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just being able to show up on students' turf mm. and let them know, hey, listen, my my time right. is is such a small investment to try yeah. to communicate to you, hey, that you matter. Right. And I think more broadly too, not just personally, but are we creating systems? Mm-hmm. Are we creating processes that will help staff know mm-hmm. that they can actually have a real powerful touch on that student's mm-hmm. life. So from a leadership perspective, it's not just about me doing it, but I do need to model the way, mm-hmm. but it's also creating systems where we can help our staff to touch these students so they can flourish. No, that's good. It's interesting. They see you without the shirt and tie on. And yeah. All that. They say, hey, hey, doc. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then, then they have pride mm-hmm. that, that's my head of school. That, oh, that, that's no. my guy, you know. You know. Now, that makes all the difference in a kid's life. Yes, it does. And I think, you know, the idea that uh, effective leaders, again, they model the way. Yes. And I think you don't want to ask people to do something you're not willing to do yourself. So, yeah, just showing up on their turf, on their time, in ways that interest them, that's the first rule. Mm, good stuff. You know, can you talk about your uh, experience of 27 years on staff at uh, Lee College, now University? What was so special about that that kept you there? What, what, what kept you there for 27 years? Uh, it's always about the relationships. Mm-hmm. And within those relationships, being able to express that sense of calling. Mm-hmm. Give you a quick story. Just this weekend, uh, we had uh, a couple that still lives in Cleveland, Tennessee, where Lee University is. Uh, they both were students of mine, and actually one of them I hired as a staff member. Mm-hmm. Then a young woman from Florida came and visited with us with mm-hmm. that couple, and then a young woman from Texas mm-hmm. came and visited us. All of them uh, are former students of ours, and they came to just reconnect. To me, that's emblematic yeah. of why those 27 years at Lee were important. Again, it's about forming the relationships, but also sustaining the relationships. Mm-hmm. But I think this past weekend was a good microcosm of what those 27 years meant. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're big on not just uh, creating relationships, but maintaining them, yes. establishing those relationships. As an educator, can you speak to uh, other educators about how important that is, one, and how to do it? Oh, sure. You know, I think there's there's a there's a there's a biblical word that comes to mind, and it's this sense of of abiding. Mm. So it's hey, let's let's get in the same boat together. Mm. When the waters get treacherous, let's not step out of the boat. Mm. Let's let's stay in the boat together, and let's weather the storms and and actually get on the other side of this and maybe see how God wants you to grow as a result of what you've been through. So for me, maybe it's captured best in that biblical concept of abiding. Mm. Is hey, let's do this together. And guess what? When times get tough, I'm not going to leave you. Right, right. You know, it's kind of like the seals. Yeah. You, you know, we're not going to leave. Right. We're not going to leave anybody behind. And I've got your six. Mm. You know, I've got your back. Mm. And I think that that to me is is just a powerful way of capturing. And I think. Maybe in, maybe in a biblical, but also a Navy kind of no, way. That's real, that's real talk. <laughs> yeah, there. sure. That's real talk. That's great. You know, as you returned to Ohio, uh, you came to Worthing Christian mm-hmm. Schools. What was about this this system or this opportunity? I'm sure you had other opportunities mm-hmm. along the way. What was about this opportunity? Yeah, uh, it was a mission match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the core of the WC mission is to develop the mind of Christ in students. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm all about. You know, obviously that's that's ripped out of Philippians chapter two, that we want to see students develop the mind of Christ. And interestingly, as you work through that passage in Philippians two, it talks about Christ's leadership. And 
he clearly is the ultimate expression of servant leadership. The idea that he didn't use his power in a way that was self-aggrandizing, but he used it as an expression of service in the kingdom. So I think for me, it's it's that mission match, the idea that can we cultivate the mind of Christ, particularly in this generation that so desperately needs Christ and needs representations of Christ's mind. The team at the Financial Solutions Network is proud to partner with Tim Brown and bring you this episode of Be a Baller. Our mission is to share generously of our time, talent, and financial resources to help our clients develop financial plans and wealth management strategies that allow them to live the lives they imagine while connecting them with experiences and people that enhance their quality of life. FCA is one of those organizations by helping young men and women through the development of their personal faith. The Financial Solutions Network is an independently owned and managed wealth advisory firm based in Worthington, Ohio. We are a multi-generational professional team of advisors with a combined 83 years of experience teaching and managing financial strategies for individuals, families, businesses, and institutions. We would be honored to help you plan your financial journey. Contact us at 614-505-3025 or visit our website at tfsn.net. As we... uh Kind of come around the corner. Can you tell the audience why you believe in the value and benefits of Christian school education? Oh, sure. I think it's about the entire student. Okay. Yeah, I think it's not just about educating ahead, but it's about clearly uh, giving giving educational content cognitively or as people historically have called it academically. But to me, at a place like WC, we get to educate the whole student. Mm-hmm. And that's what discipleship is all, yeah. all about. It's about cultivating that, again, deep abiding faith and that deep abiding followership of Christ mm-hmm. together. So again, it's it's about resonance with the mission. It's about a sense of community. And again, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, this idea of changing trajectories. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, wow, we can talk about mm-hmm. changing the life trajectories for a kindergartner all the way to a 12th grader. Mm-hmm. So having worked on the collegiate level for 27 years, frankly, one of the things that I would observe um, consistently is if people were trying to change trajectory at that time, they still can by the power of the Spirit. Right, right. Hands yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, it might actually be more fruitful to help them make those trajectory changes a little earlier on. Yeah, I work a lot with young boys, mm-hmm. uh, young men, and Truett Capity wrote a book, Chick-fil-A founder. Mm-hmm. It's better to build boys than men, men. Oh. And we spend a lot of time mending men. Yes. Like you said, if we would drop down and build those boys up, you know, pouring to them at that younger age. So and speaking of that, since you've been here, what have you seen as the difference? You know, you know, you say you, you were catching them when they were in, coming to college, 18, 19 years so old. Now you're seeing them in kindergarten, first, second, third grade. What do you see uh, the difference that can be made in that, the impact? Uh, earlier. I think it all comes back to that sense of developing the mind of Christ mm-hmm. in our students mm-hmm. and actually being in an environment where that can happen. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, a third grader, uh, say at a at a public elementary school, they don't have the opportunities we have to actually worship together in chapel, mm-hmm. but also serve together, not just do it as perfunctory service because it's what the teacher said, but actually as an expression of our faith and our mm-hmm. mission. So I think that whole person discipleship beginning early makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. 
You know, Dr. Hayes, you've accomplished uh, a lot of things, you know, in your educational careers and whatnot. Um, this is a legacy podcast. So what is the legacy of Dr. Hayes? You know, uh, I've taught leadership for about 30 years now, and two of my favorite authors are guys by the name of Jim Kuzis and Barry Posner. Mm-hmm. They actually have written extensive, uh, extensively. Their primary book is called The Leadership Challenge, and they talk about the five practices of exemplary leadership. They also talk about this idea of how to build legacy. Mm. And I love how they put it, and I've taught this to students for ages, is the legacy you leave is the life you lead. The legacy you leave is the life you lead. I guess I had one one more time for me. (laughs) The legacy you leave is the life you lead. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, and I used to do this with college students all the time, the very first assignment in their undergraduate leadership uh, class with me was, I want you to write a reflection paper on your legacy and base it off of that quote. Guess what? Most of them, they had never given a thought about Mm -hmm. legacy. I'm like, "Hey, hey, listen, you started leaving your legacy yesterday. And I think that's one of those things that we just don't like to talk about. But guess what? Kindergarten student, eighth grader, 12th grader, man, you're, you're already leaving a legacy because the legacy we leave is the life we lead. So if we would take a look at, guess what, kind of the trail that we're leaving behind us is actually legacy. Now, the question then becomes, is it a good or bad legacy? Mm. So I think for me, we have to be honest with ourselves. Guess what? We're leaving a trail regardless of how we feel about it and what we think about it. And whether we have legacy in mind, we're leaving a legacy. So I encourage everybody in terms of legacy, think about how you live your daily life Mm. and the message that you consistently send. Mm. Because you can write a legacy statement or whatever, but at the end of the day, people are going to watch what you do, not what Mm. you say. Wow. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, You know, as we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to – uh, to give a word of encouragement uh, to students and parents attending Christian schools. Because mm. sometimes we look at, I know our, our son came with the Worthing Christian, our kids at Sunshine Christian Academy. And sometimes I think our students may have felt like they were missing something, mm. you know, because they're at this, you know, this Christian school that you see the other schools having all this fun, mm-hmm. quote unquote, you know, I think they might be missing something. So can you leave a word of encouragement to both parents and students? Oh, you bet. And again, let me say, Coach, it's been a pleasure today. And thank you, uh, and let me congratulate you on 50 podcasts yes, before yes. our answer. So uh, uh, students thinking they missed something, I think my response to them is, uh, you haven't missed anything. In fact, you've experienced everything. Mm. And again, what I mean is that you get to experience this Christian community and you get to pursue Christ. You get to follow Christ in terms of the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Most students who attend schools that aren't Christ-centered, they don't have that experience. So here you have everything. You're not missing anything. Mm. Speak that same word to parents. Talk to parents about, you know, maybe considering it or or their students are in it. You mm-hmm. know, I had a Christian school. What encouragement did you give them? Yeah, I think parents are always weighing, is it worth my investment? Yes. And I think at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, um, is it worth it, of course? Mm-hmm. So for me, of course I say it's worth it. That's what I've given my life to is Christian education. I think it matters. I think it matters in ways that you will not see mm-hmm. in this lifetime. I think you're going to see how much it matters in eternity. Mm-hmm. And not just for your kid, but for kids beyond your kids. 
Think about how you're cultivating a sense of calling in your son's or daughter's life, and then think about how that sense of calling can be used by God to literally transform the world. Mm. So for me, it's not just about your kid. Mm. It's about the kingdom of God. Again, big team, little me again. So how are we investing in the team? Now, of course, along the way, we want your kid to grow and flourish. They'll matter to us. I promise Mm. that. But how are we actually investing in ways that we'll never see the return on investment on this earth, Mm. but indeed in eternity? Amen. That's a great word. That's a great way to end this. Investment in eternity. Well, this brings us into this episode. Thanks to our special guest, Dr. Hayes, head of schools at Worthing Christian Schools for building a legacy and ministry through education. And I'm glad that you answered that call. Yeah. You know, God, it sounds like God was pretty clear yes. on what the call was. Yes. You know, and you have done it well. Uh, thank you for reaching the lives of students and reminding them that they matter. Okay. Thank you all for joining us during this enlightening and informed discussion on building a legacy in education. Hope this episode was beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to Be A Baller podcast. Thanks, Dr. Hayes. Thank you, Coach Brown. And again, congratulations on your long-term success. Thank you. Thank you, sir. If you enjoyed our show, please share this podcast with family and friends. Be A Baller podcast is available on all major podcast stations. Be sure to come back next week as we continue to discuss on how to build a lifelong legacy. Until then, don't forget to be a baller. This podcast was created by Coach Tim Brown and produced and edited by the video production class of Worthington Christian High School.